Well, let's close out our look at the 2023 Miles Cup final, Miles Wolf Cup finals. I'm sorry about that. Uh, we welcome Chicago Dogs broadcaster Sam Bree. And Sam, before we talk about the game, Kevin out to see Fitty Sent tonight. So give me a yes or no. Do you think Kevin could bust out a rap for us? Uh, yes, because I want to speak it into existence. And I would very much like that on the championship edition of this week in the association. So I'm going full capital Y at yes. <laughs> right on. Well, well, Sam, talk about an exciting conclusion. It's just your your thoughts on that big 11th inning victory last night. Yeah, you know, the, it, it, it was one of those storybook kind of endings that if I wrote a script in a baseball movie and that's how it went, you'd probably look at it and say, geez, Sam, that's a little cheesy. I, you know, I, I don't think it can happen quite like that. But it did. I mean, the dogs had this win or go home game three against their rivals, right? The team from up north that they never beat, right? Milwaukee always seems to have the dogs number. And they had the dogs totally stymied. Only four hits, one run, going into the ninth against a pitcher in Peyton Gray, who the dogs have scored like two runs in the last four years against, and it just seemed dead. And then next thing you know, they scrap across a run on a gritty sack fly by Nick Heath, and we go to extras. And who else but Ryan Lidge, hometown hero, someone who has embraced the dogs and embraced Rosemont and embraced the culture more than anyone over these years. He's the one that drives in the winning run with two outs, two strikes against a big lefty and Jack Mahoney. And it was, it was poetic. It was beautiful. And it's exactly how I would want that Milwaukee monkey to be lifted from the dogs. You know, starting with Nick Heath for me for a moment, Sam, the guy who's having a, a terrible playoffs for you struck out 13 times in the first six games, and really just not performing well. But, boy, comes up with a big sacrifice fly to send this game to extra innings. you got to be excited for him. Yeah, and then, you know, not just the sack fly, but then he came around in the top of the 10th, and he made a great catch on a very sharp line drive in the left center field that not every center fielder makes that play, and, and, and certainly it looks a little sketchier with some others. So he... Yeah, it's been a struggle of a postseason at times, but he, without that sack fly, you know, the dogs don't win. That that magical Ryan Lidge moment that we, we love so much, that has not happened. So, um, yeah, Nick Nick struggled a bit, but, but frankly, now you can look at it and say he's the reason we're through. Exactly right. And you talked about Ryan Lidge. You and I were discussing him in the – division uh, final preview about how exciting it was for the season he was having. And, uh, man, he comes through with the, the biggest hit in probably Chicago Dogs history there and uh, in his hometown. So that, that that's pretty incredible little story going on there. Yeah, it's not even close. It's, it's, it's by far the biggest hit. And it could only be matched by something to win the championship. And, of course, only time will tell to see if we get something like that next week. But... Yeah, for him to do it there, he had so many friends 
uh, it's funny, they were all shirtless. Like, there were all these guys who were his high school friends who were also friends with Nick Green, who was our Game 2 starter. And it was like 15 of them, and they were all shirtless. And it was kind of cold in Chicago, and it was just, it was funny right after that moment to see all these shirtless guys on the field surrounding Ryan Lynch. I'm like, who are these guys? And uh, it turns out it was, it was his buddy. So that, that just kind of shows that sort of absurd scene shows how this is Ryan Lynch's home, you know, and, and for the hometown kid to be the one to make it happen. And the longest tenured member of the dogs outside of the coaches and front office staff and, and me, you know, the longest tenured player to be the one to make it happen. It was a really special moment in dogs history. Yeah, I want to tell you, Sam, that one of the stories that I really loved in that series was Trevor Lane was a starter for you all season long, gets moved to the bullpen, doesn't even appear in the first round of the playoffs at all, not only comes up with a huge save to close out game two, but gets the victory last night. It's one of those kind of unsung hero stories that is making the Chicago run, uh, run a lot of enjoyment to watch. Yes, and I love, Rob, that you bring out Trevor's story because part of this league and the American Association is being flexible, right? Guys have to get comfortable with situations that they might not have been comfortable with before. And Trevor went from a lifelong bullpen guy to a starter. And at times he looked great as a starter, at times he struggled. And they made the decision to move him back into his comfort zone, into the bullpen, and since then he hasn't given up a run. And he easily, you know, how many situations have you seen it where you'll have a team have that miracle hit to tie a game up, send it to extras, and then they just fizzle out in the 10th or the 11th, right? It would have been very easy to picture a really good Milwaukee team get to Trevor Lane, but that never happened, and Lane delivered, and he set up that moment for Ryan Lidge. Well, let's take you into the championship series now. First time Chicago's there. So, you know, what are, as, as you look at this, at home for games one and two, what, what needs to happen to kind of get this team rolling early on in game one? It, it's starting pitching. I mean, it really is starting pitching. That's what's gotten the dogs here. I mean, look, they barely scored against Milwaukee. And they still won the series. And the reason why, yeah, the, the stuff at the end is great, and that's the headline with the walk-off, but it's the starting pitching. Um, look what Nick Green did in back-to-back game twos where the dogs had their backs against the wall, right? Nick, he completely shut down Cleveland last Saturday, and he completely shut down Milwaukee the other So it's all about winning those first five innings. That's what the dogs have done. And if they can do that against, of course, a really good Kansas City offense, they'll put themselves in, in great position. So the Dogs will start Joe Wheedland in game one. Uh, Brian Warzek for game two, who is mostly a bullpen arm, hasn't pitched in the playoffs yet, so he's very fresh. And that might set up to be more of a bullpen day. And then you'll have a well-rested Nick Keith at Legend Field in Kansas City for game three. Or Nick Green, sorry. Not Nick Keith. That would be an interesting decision. 
Yeah, I, I think the starting pitching matchup is one of the more interesting parts of this series, Sam, because I, I, I think a lot of t- fans would look around and go, wow, well, that Milwaukee staff was really great or, and kind of thing. But Chicago and, and Kansas City have really built two very impressive starting staffs, especially at the, at the down stretch of the season. And I think that's going to be a great matchup. Oh, totally. Um, and, and, and as we covered last week, a lot of what the dogs have done with their pitching staff is mid-season. You know, this staff is not really the same staff that you saw opening day. It's not even the same staff you saw at the All-Star break, right? The dogs didn't have Joe Wheeland at that point. They, they didn't have Stephen Lacey at that point. So um, the fact that this staff has been pieced together in the middle of the season is extremely impressive, and it's, it's what's gotten the dogs to this point. Any concerns that you have? Brian Schlitter really struggled in that Milwaukee series. Is that just kind of seeing Milwaukee a bunch and them having a better idea how to how to bat against him? Yeah, I think they, they really had his number right. Um, I mean, nothing got ugly, but, you know, you look at Schlitter in the ninth inning against Milwaukee on Monday when Milwaukee got that walk-off and you know, it was a it was a fly ball to center field, lazily hit, tough play that was dropped, and then the the walk off hit by Ward was just a perfectly placed ground ball. But you know, it's a soft ground ball. It's not like Schlitter went out there and got torched, right? We didn't see him give up a 500 foot home run. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a statistical low point of his season. But I don't watch him and say, wow, he's getting you know, absolutely torched. It's, yeah, he's gotten in some, some pickles. I think Brian certainly can pitch better than he has. But, you know, we'll, we'll see if it gets better against Kansas City. Your advancement to the championship series, Josh Altman really hasn't hit yet. Uh, is is the swing look a little off or he's driving the ball or just unfortunately somebody's catching it right now? It's a lot of the balls are finding gloves, right? Altman, I, I, I don't watch him and say, wow, he's, his swing looks like a, a shell of what it used to be. He's, he's just one of those series, right? Everyone goes through a week-long stretch at some point where they don't hit the ball well, even Josh Altman. I mean, he, he went on a little scuffle in the middle of June and then got right back on the Altman pace that we're so used to. So um, it's a lot of balls finding gloves. And the fact that the dogs just beat a really good Milwaukee team without Josh Altman delivering like he's used to uh, is very encouraging because I think you can count on Altman being a lot better against Kansas City. A lot of the guys who have led this team offensively this season have not really come up with big numbers. Luke Mangieri, Matt Bocher, Dylan Rosa, Josh Altman, but Man, you're advanced to the championship series. You've got to feel really good if one or two of those guys can get out of a little bit of the slump right now. Boy, this offense should catch fire. Well, that's the thing. That's what's so encouraging is you could look at it, the pessimistic point of view is to say, oh, man, the dogged offense is kind of brutal right now. None of the guys are delivering and, uh, you know, poo, poo, poo. Or you could say, wow, look, they just beat Milwaukee without any of those all-star caliber players having all-star caliber series, 
And just imagine if one or two of those guys really explodes against Kansas City. You know, you get a team that maybe can score five to seven a game instead of three to five, and then bam, you, you could win a championship. I think a lot of people are going to look at Kansas City, all the experience. Um, you know, Kansas City seems to be in the championship series every other year or something like that. Do you think Chicago looks at themselves as the underdog and is embracing that if they do see themselves that way? No, not at all. The dogs haven't seen themselves as an underdog all year. Uh, frankly, they see themselves as a team of destiny. They see themselves as a team that will get it done, that will never give up, that will never fight, that will never stop fighting. And, yeah, there's there's no way they see themselves as an underdog. Um, you know, Kansas City came into impact field in mid-June, and the dogs took three or four from them and had a few pretty convincing wins. So this is a team that's shown they can win at Kansas City, at home against Kansas City, and there's no way after that series they see themselves as underdogs. Now, i got to say, Sam, I've been very – thankful for your grace that you haven't rubbed into me that I had you guys finish and last in the East and here you are in the championship series but I know you got to jab me a little bit though no I'm too nice of a guy I don't jab uh, I will not <laughs> jab you although maybe if in the championship there will be some little jabbing but until until the dogs do that I will just say you're a great man and I respect your work Will Sam take us out on this when the dogs are hoisting the Miles Wolf Cup trophy uh, a, a week from now? What happened to make that occur? It's the same formula that's got it done. I'll say it's quality starts, it's timely hitting, and it's at least one of those guys you mentioned, the, the, the dogs all-stars, the dogs offensive core having a series to remember. And that's probably the guy who ends up winning American Association Finals MVP. So uh, it all starts with the pitching, but I say one of those guys you mentioned blows up. Fantastic. Sam, the graceful Sam Brief, thanks for joining me. Uh, thank you so much, Rob. And uh, if the dogs win, you better believe I'm going to be mentioning to you your last place pick. Just mentioning very politely. <laughs> 